You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. Welcome to episode 12 of the Business in Morocco podcast. This week we're going to be talking about e-commerce in Morocco. I'm Ryan Kirk and I'm here with my co-host Ryan Maimon. Ryan, how's it been going? What's new? How's life in America? Good. We've been here for about two weeks. We've adjusted to the time difference. <laughs> That's always fun with kids. Yeah, adjusting the time difference with kids is, is interesting because <laughs> it was about five hours difference, which means their normal time of getting up in the morning at 7 uh, had turned into 2 a.m. <laughs> Fortunately, we were able to keep them up late enough at night that they slept in until about 5 uh, the first day, and now we're actually on a, a normal schedule, so that's going well. We've also come to realize that uh, my wife is allergic to this area. What? <laughs> something that, yeah, something, especially during springtime with all the pollen in the air and the mm. trees. So she's she's got some allergies here that she has not had in, in Morocco or in France. So uh, that's an interesting development. Oh, man. Uh, I continue, yeah, I continue to work on... Uh, this podcast and working on supporting my clients who are in Morocco and in the United States I'm doing advertising uh, Google ads Facebook ads and preparing for Ramadan which is going to be starting for you guys here soon and we're going to be changing a little bit of the way that we do advertising during Ramadan in light of the fact that uh, there is a reduced work schedule and uh, people are fasting during the day and, and behaving quite differently during Ramadan than they do the other parts of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mentioned last week that I went up to Tangier to speak at a university. While I was there, I filmed a video about, about whether Moroccans should try to escape Morocco or whether they should invest in Morocco. And the video has received a lot of attention and a, and a lot of feedback and it's not a divisive topic but there's definitely a variety of opinions and some people feel they really want to get out of Morocco and some people are very patriotic and nationalistic and want to invest in making this country a better place so that's going to be great because next week on the podcast we're going to be talking about some of the challenges and the opportunities for Moroccans who move overseas. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I look forward to to discussing that topic. I have a few things to say uh, about Moroccans who who think that the grass is always greener and that it's it's better to move to Europe or to the United States and you'll have a better quality of life there. I don't I don't happen to agree having lived in all three of those continents. Uh, but we'll talk about that next week. 
Uh, all right, let's get into the topic of the day, which is e-commerce in Morocco. We have a bit of experience in this area. There are a few companies that are really trying to gain a foothold in the e-commerce space. And I think the first one that we should talk about, the one that is, in my mind, the most similar to Amazon.com, which is the biggest and most powerful e-commerce retailer in the world, uh, is Jumia Poinema. Mm -hmm. I've used Jumia quite a few times. Uh, they have two options. They have Jumia Local or Jumia Morocco, where the products are, are in Morocco and you can expect delivery within one week. And they have another search option on their website, which is Jumia Global, where the products are located overseas, mostly in China. And the delivery takes between four to six weeks, depending on the, the source of the product. I've only ever used Jumia Local. I've had good experiences. I bought a pillow. I bought a dehumidifier. Oh, I bought some, some shoes for my daughter. And every time the payment has been processed, I've received email notifications that my payment was accepted and the order was accepted. Then I get further notifications regarding the delivery uh, time and date. In fact, they actually give you the name and phone number of the person who is going to be delivering the item and when you can expect them to deliver the item. So in that sense, I've had very good experiences. The quality of the products has always been uh, as expected. The delivery is usually early. It's usually earlier than the expected delivery date when you first order. And overall, I've been uh, very satisfied with uh, the services and the offerings. The one challenge, and I think we'll, we'll get into this uh, a little bit later when we talk about e-commerce challenges, is that I have yet to have a driver who was able to locate my house <laughs> without having to call me first. Yeah, that's, that's an ongoing battle. We have that problem every time we order food or when we've used Kareem, when we've used Glovo, all these different services where you can utilize your smartphone, that seems to be an issue when it's location dependent. Yeah, many, many delivery drivers in Morocco, whether they're on a scooter or they're in a van, they usually have flip phones and not smartphones. And if you don't have a smartphone, you're not able to use Google Maps or Waze. And that creates a, a big challenge for the driver. I, I think it would be a lot easier if these platforms started to provide uh, smartphones for their drivers. They would be able to complete a lot more deliveries each day. They'd be a lot more efficient. And it would be a better customer experience. If you type in my address into Google Maps, it pops right up and it is exactly right. So there should never be a reason to call me to coordinate the delivery of my items. Oftentimes the driver, his French is, is okay and my French is okay. But when you have two people who speak French just okay, that causes difficulties. Yeah. Especially when you're tr trying to tell someone where you live. Yeah. And the names of the streets are, are not always well known. Yeah, I completely agree. Actually, our street isn't on Google Maps. And so 
I usually type in the closest corner, but I always get a call. And so a lot of these apps, they they give you the option to drop a pin. So you, you do pinpoint your location, but if the person doesn't have a smartphone or they're not comfortable following the map, they're asking for a specific name of a street. And that's something that doesn't help people because our street is tiny and nobody in CASA knows it. And the language thing, I've had several drivers who speak almost zero French and that basically matches my level of Derija. And so I've had times where I need to walk out onto my street and ask somebody standing there to communicate with the driver in Derija because otherwise I've got no way of getting the guy to my house. Yeah, this is probably the number one challenge for e-commerce in Morocco is the delivery process. E-commerce is not going to catch on until the deliveries are reliable and the customer experience is great. This is what Amazon did in the United States. They basically went from one week delivery to four day delivery to three day delivery to two day prime delivery. The drivers never called the customer to ask them where they lived. It's an an essential part of the customer experience to have the driver be able to deliver the product without the homeowner needing to be there, without having to coordinate the delivery by phone. So if Jumia or these other platforms like Glovo or Marche Express or Click Aporte are going to succeed in the e-commerce space, they need to figure out the delivery process and how to enable their drivers to make deliveries without calling the customer. Yeah, do you think it's possible to deliver something here if the homeowner isn't there? I mean, you see a lot of videos online of people stealing packages off porches in the States. I mean, there's just no way you could leave a package in front of somebody's home or on the steps of an apartment building here. That leads us to another big problem. So the the biggest problem for e-commerce in the United States is the inability to leave a package at a front door. Because what that requires is the the homeowner or the business owner to be there and receive the package. And then it requires the delivery company to make multiple efforts to deliver the package, which is cost time and money. Mm-hmm. But in the United States, I would estimate that 90% of the, the items bought on Amazon are left at the front door without the person being there. And, and it's actually gotten to the point where Amazon has developed this technology where the driver can remotely open the door to the customer's house. They scan the package, they open the door, there is a camera inside the house that videotapes the driver opening the door and leaving the package on the inside of the house. Wow. So they have developed this technology which solves the problem of packages getting stolen off the front porch by allowing the delivery driver access to the temporary one-time access to the house and being videotaped during the process. That's incredible. I mean, I know the technology is there because I've, I've heard a lot of Airbnb owners that have software programmed locks that just require a passcode and they can be changed from your smartphone remotely and sent to somebody and then as soon as the person's used it once they can change it again so i know the technology is there i just hadn't heard of people using it simply for um, e-commerce purposes yeah when i worked in e-commerce i worked for a company that delivered amazon.com packages and 
stolen packages and misdelivered packages was our biggest problem. And if you can get to the front door and you can validate that you're at the right place by scanning the package and scanning the app in your phone and it remotely opens the door to the customer's house, then you have validated that delivery. Mm -hmm. And the package is safe on the inside of the house as opposed to on the front steps. Another solution I saw in Canada that I haven't heard of here yet, maybe I'm unaware of it, is having drop-off locations. So at the bank that I go to in Canada, there's a whole setup of lockers in the lobby, various sizes, and you can have packages delivered there from several different fulfillment centers. And then on your own time, your own convenience, you can go and, and just pick it up there at a public place. That is called Amazon Locker in the United States. And those lockers are placed strategically throughout major cities and places like convenience stores, mm -hmm. pharmacies, grocery stores. You go to those lockers and you enter your code and it opens the correct locker that has your package. Mm -hmm. And that's a great option uh, as well. I think that's something that that could work here in, in Morocco. And in fact, they are sort of doing that because they have uh, Jumia locations mm -hmm. where you can order your package to be delivered to the location. They'll hold it for you and you can go and pick it up there. Actually, this may be a great business opportunity in Morocco as e-commerce is ramping up, but you have the two problems which we've identified, which are drivers needing to find the location, the owner not being home or there being a, a high risk of theft. This is a great solution where you have these centralized locations where there's a locker in each neighborhood and that could be something that you sell as a business owner to all the different platforms, to, to Jumia, to Click Aporte, to whoever is delivering. Um, Amana is another one. Instead of, the instead of these companies having to communicate with the customer and, and arrange a time that they're, they're both at the location, they just drop it off at their convenience. And there's a lot of economies of scale there as well because you can drop all the packages for the same neighborhood right into that locker. So it saves these companies a ton of money and it improves the customer experience. Yeah, if we've got any uh, entrepreneurs in our audience, that, that would be something to think about. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by London Academy. London Academy Casablanca is a trilingual smart school that provides an enhanced education through the Moroccan and international English language curriculum. Their innovative educational approach based on advanced information technology, sports, critical thinking, together with the international experience of their qualified teachers, enables their students to be prepared for the skills needed in the 21st century. London Academy says, we are the future, and these aren't just words painted on a wall. I've seen their students learning to program, building robots, developing problem-solving skills. There's a definite focus on IT and preparing students to succeed in the information age. London Academy, the first smart school in Morocco where learning is serious fun. Now back to the show. I think one of the other issues or challenges for e-commerce in Morocco is the widespread use of cash 
for everyday purchases. When you are paying cash in person upon delivery, which Jumia offers, you can either pay with your bank card online or you can pay with cash upon delivery, then that is an obstacle to efficiency as well because that requires an interaction between the driver and the customer. There's really no way around that if you're going to exchange cash for the item upon mm -hmm. delivery. Mm -hmm. To the extent that Morocco remains a cash-based society, that's going to present challenges to e-commerce. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another issue that's facing Morocco when it comes to buying and selling in a global marketplace is the fact that Morocco's currency still has capital restrictions. It's still closed and, and controlled, and that limits the e-commerce possibilities here. Now, that that creates an opportunity for entrepreneurial people like the owner of clickapote.com who he recognizes that a lot of Moroccans want to purchase things on Amazon and order it in from Europe but there's a cap for how many dirhams they can spend internationally as well as the hassle of having to deal with the douane and and the time it can take and so clickapote has um, tied into Amazon's back end and you can order products and pay in dirhams and they'll sort out all the logistics and the shipping and dealing with customs and deliver right to your door. So it's almost as if for the customer that Amazon has a fulfillment center in Morocco and that you can pay in local currency. So it's it's created a business opportunity to, to get around some of those restrictions that exist. But the hope is that in the future, Morocco will open the doors and, and make, it a lot more, make it a lot more open for the currency to flow in and out of the country. I think it's the same with PayPal, if I understand correctly. You can receive hard currencies from around the world and deposit those into your bank account, but you can't purchase things or you're limited in what you can purchase using dirhams in the global marketplace. Am I understanding that correct? Yeah, as far as I know, the restrictions for uh, foreign currency transactions are about 40,000 dirhams per year per person. I know that at my bank, Banque Populaire, I can apply for a Visa card that will allow me to use those 40 dirhams in overseas purchases in euros or in dollars or in pounds by simply using that credit card and it'll it'll deduct the amount in durhams from my account mm -hmm. but that's only possible in my personal account if i wanted to make overseas purchases with my business that card is not available to me so i have still yet to figure out how i can use the revenue from my business to pay for overseas services like website domains and hosting and advertisements on Google and Facebook. So that is a challenge to, to e-commerce and to online business in general in Morocco. So we've definitely covered quite a few challenges, but let's also look on the bright side. First of all, Morocco has very good internet and it does have one of the highest 
internet usage and smartphone usage levels in the region. Um, so there's great opportunity there. And when I moved to Morocco five years ago, there weren't even any banking apps. So even major banks like Atijari Wafa and, and Banque Populaire, they didn't even have ability to do your banking on your phone. And that's come a long way in five years. And it seems like every few months there's a new opportunity where now I don't need to go into Lidec and wait in line and pay. I can do it right from my phone through my banking app. Same thing with um, paying for my internet or adding credit to my phone. Another thing has been Wafa Cash, which they've put up all these small little kiosks all over the place. They are everywhere in the major cities, which makes it far simpler to move money around the country. I've got the uh, Gibi Pro app on my phone, so as I'm preparing to sell a digital product here in Morocco, Yes, it's not as simple as it would be in some other countries, but it's far simpler than it would have been just two years ago. So there's some challenges, but we're moving in the right direction, which is exciting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity for e-commerce in Morocco. Just looking at the number of platforms. So we already mentioned Jumia. There's Jumia Food. There's Glovo, ClickApporte. There's something called Marche Express where you can order your groceries. I was looking there today. You can get 12 kilograms of vegetables for 99 dirhams, which if that's delivered to my house, that sounds like a great deal. Marjan also offers delivery. So you can order online and uh, all orders of, of 2,000 dirhams or more will be delivered uh, within 40 kilometers of a store. So that's another great offering, especially if you're, you're going to buy uh, large furniture items or other things like that. Uh, the other uh, e-commerce platform we haven't mentioned yet is Kareem. I think that there's a lot of possibilities for Kareem, especially for those of us who don't live on major streets where the taxis are, are coming by every day. If we'd like to have the, the car come to our house and then take us to a location, that it requires left and right turns, then a taxi may not be the right choice for us. We may want to take a Kareem. And I think there, that more and more people are going to be using Kareem uh, to go places in Morocco. Yeah, agreed. I've, I've really been impressed with Kareem's service. I was really sad when Uber left Morocco and I posted something about it on Facebook and one of my friends commented, hey, bro, switch to Kareem. It's been fantastic. And he was right. I've really been impressed with the service. If I'm going somewhere, I, I often use Kareem. Or if I need to get somewhere for a specific time and I, I don't have enough flexibility to just wait and see whether a taxi will come, it's worth it to pay a little bit more for me to, to use a Kareem. There's also a couple e-commerce services where you have the opportunity to sell things like Avido and Babelist, which is you know a startup app just a few years old in Morocco. These are guys that grew up in Europe that moved to Morocco to start this business because they saw the opportunity for e-commerce here. They could see the things we're talking about, the potential in this unsaturated market, and they thought we are gonna have an opportunity to to gain some first mover advantages. So I think 
there's these challenges that are holding back a lot of people, but you can also see it as an opportunity to be some of the first movers and to begin businesses that are challenging now but will become easier and easier as these barriers and obstacles are removed. Yeah, Ryan, you actually have uh, an experience that you documented regarding your your order on Glovo. Where, where can people go and see that video that, that you produced regarding Glovo? This past summer, Glovo completely covered the city in yellow billboards advertising their services. And I'd never heard of Glovo. It was brand new entering the market, starting in Casablanca. And so I made a video on my YouTube channel, Maroc Treasure, documenting my experience and giving some information about the application. So if you've never tried Glovo and you are living in either Casa Rabat, Marrakesh and soon to be Tangier, you can check out that video just simply by Googling Glovo Morocco. You'll see my face, you'll see the video and uh, that's a great one to learn about their services. I think in general the e-commerce atmosphere in Morocco is getting better the availability of platforms, payment methods, and delivery is improving every day. I think there's a lot of hope and a, and a lot of opportunities for e-commerce in Morocco going forward. Yeah, I agree. The future's bright. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time. Yeah.